Welcome to the Joyful Health Show. I'm Aubrey, registered dietitian. And I'm Casey, a personal trainer. And together, we're here to help you discover joyful health by grace. Hi, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Joyful Health Show. Today, Casey and I are continuing our conversation surrounding body blessings and body image. And today's a special topic because we're going to kind of um, distill all of this information we've been talking about into how it applies to our children. So how do we pray body blessings over our kids? How do we have these conversations with them repeatedly over the years? And how do we just nurture um, a positive body image rooted in the love of Christ in our children. So we are um, really just grateful to get to talk about this. We know this can be a hard topic. There's so many people who even take our course and right off the bat, their inspiration for restoring their relationship with food and body is usually, you know, I want to set a better example for my kids or I want to I just don't want them to experience what I experienced. I want them to experience um, a different way of relating to their bodies. So we know that that this might be really um, close to your heart. We don't want anyone to come away feeling condemned or shamed by this episode, but we just hope we can kind of give you guys um, some encouragement and maybe some practical tips to take away as we mm. go forward. Yeah. And, and Casey, I know like both of us are mothers to, um, I have mostly boys, but one girl and Casey's got two precious daughters and um, it applies to both genders for sure. Um, so this is near to our hearts too. So Casey, can you just um, talk a little bit more about why are we doing a whole episode on kids body image? Yeah, um, <laughs> I was just before we prayed in this episode, I was like, I think I'm going to cry. Um, so I think, um, you know, just bear with me here because I feel like, well, also because, um, my oldest daughter, she's eight now she's in third grade. And one of the verses that I prayed for her when she was born and it was kind of like, okay, this is like your life first. This is what I'm going to pray for you for your life. And it's blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God. And so it's Matthew five, eight. And I went to a, um, little preschool, like, music Christmas performance, um, the other day with my youngest. And I was just like struck by like how precious and beautiful these children were, are. <laughs> and, um, and God tells us too, like when the pure in heart shall see God as pure. And, and when we're talking about body image, these are our perceptions and our projections, um, of ourself and, and how we feel and live in our bodies. And also it's, very intricately tied to how we see God too. And I just like mourn the loss of like, of that growing up because so many kids younger and younger are really um, seeing their bodies as a problem and the way that they look or the, the size that they are. And, you know, Aubrey and I have our own uh, personal experiences. And I think too, if we've experienced that as kids and now like we have our kids as well, like if we haven't process that ourselves, which is why it's so important for us to do that work as adults, because it comes out, you know, it comes out in our parenting, um, because they often catch on to not what is taught, but what is caught. And so 
um, a few statistics, and I'm probably going to refer to this book a lot during this episode, um, but it is called Real Kids Come in All Sizes, and it's by um, Kathy Cater, and it is one of those like health at every size um, referred books, and so about kids. And one um, something that they talk about too is how kids start to become aware of body size body sizes that are acceptable in society from an earlier and earlier age. I mean, even in preschool, kids know kind of which which body sizes are more preferred than another, and then they also start to look at themselves and to see, oh, and they start to become more self-aware of how how do I fit into that category of the world's um, version of acceptable, Ugh, which is so heartbreaking. Um, but I'm just going to read from this book too. And it says that um, by age 12, roughly half of all American girls, um, and this book also talks about how for it's becoming a much bigger problem for boys as well. Um, but half of American girls will relate to um, the statement of feeling bad in their skin. And this com- this quote comes from a 12-year-old girl. She says, actually, I felt pretty good about my body until about sixth grade. By then, everyone else hated theirs, so I thought I should too. And then by age 14, two-thirds of girls will feel this way. Um, and they quote, why should I eat healthy when if it won't make me thin. So body size being a huge, um, a huge predictor too, that can be really harmful um, because the primary risk factors known to trigger eating disorders are number one, feeling fat, and number two, the belief that dieting is an effective weight loss strategy. And so there are lots of different um, times in our, in our life when we can start to become more self-aware of of our body, like feelings about our body's appearance are swayed by different events that draw attention to our body, like illness, trauma, surgery, um, normal developmental changes like puberty, and as well as our own innate aesthetic preferences. So like being more drawn to blue eyes than to green. Um, and so, and even nowadays, like we talk about too, we're way more of a visual society. And so, um, there's so much emphasis on, our identity being tied to how we look rather than who we are. And, you know, <laughs> as parents, like we love their, we love our kids because they're ours and God loves us because we're his. And so we want to be proactive um, in this conversation with our kids of, of how we talk about ourselves and how we, or don't uh, comment on other people's bodies and, um, and so being able to, you know, and I've seen this with my daughter's friends, even a certain first grade of, I had like three different instances of, of friends, um, getting very emotionally distraught about their body size. Like one wouldn't go into the pool with us. One got upset about, um, at a sleepover about a boy saying something about her, um, body being too big and, and so it was like, wow, this, this really is happening really early. And I just did not expect to confront this um, issue this early. But you know, it starts it starts early, and it's um, and we can we can help guide them um, and love them from you know that deeper place while also like acknowledging, hey, this this is sometimes what you'll hear people say, but this is the truth. Um, 
so yeah, Aubrey, how have you kind of seen it with, with your boys? And, um, do you have any personal experiences that you would like to share as well? Yeah. Well, first of all, I think as a dietitian, I, the quote about, um, you know, why should I eat healthier care? You know, basically why should I care for my body? Do these health promoting things if it's not going to make me, um, skinnier, it's really, it's really sad to me because I, you know, it's like, I want, um, we want children to have this healthy relationship with, um, their bodies and food and movement and caring for themselves. And just, it just reflects, you know, a a belief that they're not worth caring for unless Mm -hmm. they are, um, smaller, which we see all the time in our grown up clients. I would say, you know, growing up, I was pretty lucky or blessed to have a decent relationship with my own body, um, to not really think about it. And I, I really do credit sports, um, with a lot of that and just, you know, having like a sense of esteem of like accomplishment that Mm -hmm. I was strong and I worked hard and I saw my body as, um, you know, like a tool or a gift in those ways, but I was definitely around, girls from a really young age who were concerned about it. I remember really becoming aware of that in um, middle school, just hearing girls like talk bad about their body or I'm trying to, you know, lose weight or, and I just, it's like, that's only something like, you know, moms do or older Mm. women. Like, I'm like, that's not, you know, Um, but I just remember being like, I don't know what that's about. And I do remember this one instance, which maybe this should have been like, a a clue into what I was going to do for a career. But I remember in fifth grade, one of like my best friends, a boy like making fun of her because of her body size. um, And just, you know, like her being distraught. And I remember coming to her aid and having some really choice words, which I probably Mm -hmm. shouldn't have known as a fifth grader for this boy and then getting (laughs) it getting in trouble. And I was a pretty good kid. I was a pretty good kid as in that I didn't get in trouble. I avoided trouble. Um, and I remember getting, you know, yelled at by the teacher for that, but really fifth grade, you know, and I think, and, you know, thinking about that friend, it's just, I'm sure that impacted her from a much earlier age than we were, or I was, you know, blessed to kind of escape the drama until high school. Um, but with my own kids, it's, it's interesting. They, uh, they're aware. I mean, they're not immune to being, even though we homeschool and we're pretty like, <laughs> you could say they're pretty sheltered at this point. Cause the oldest is six. Like we haven't done a sport yet. I mean, mm-hmm. not that we're not going to, um, so they haven't been super exposed, but they're still exposed to relatives and mm-hmm. commercials every once in a while. And they've already, I think they've already, you know, commented on like, they'll say fat or like so-and-so it says they're fat. They'll say that, you know, like so-and-so says they're fat. I'm just like, yeah, fats, you know, I I try to talk to them about like fat as a neutral Mm -hmm. descriptor and not um, anything bad. And they don't necessarily, I think, perceive it as a bad thing at this point. Um, But again, they just love being in their body, moving it, um, they don't have that sense of self-consciousness quite yet. And I know that at some point the culture will seep in and we can't like, we can't shelter our kids perfectly. They're going to 
take these messages in at some point. Mm -hmm. So I think as parents, we don't have to beat ourselves up about like, did we protect our kids from every single diet conversation, but rather like, are we proactively Mm -hmm. having, um, you know, speaking the gospel into them, speaking the truth into them? Um, Are we, how are we living our own relationship with our body? And so that's what I hope we can kind of talk about in this episode. Um, Don't, you don't have to be fearful, right? Kids live in a broken world. They're going to experience that. That's also how, and they're going to, there's also going to be this point. I mean, whatever we're talking about where they lose the glamour and innocence of childhood, Mm -hmm. you know, where they realize like that they're sinners, that other people are sinners and it happens for everyone. I think we want to protect our kids from that. Um, But how can we like really walk with them through these things? Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah. So you already shared some, I know your daughter's a little older than, than my son. Mm -hmm. Um, but just, yeah, I already shared some of those experiences with kids being aware of those things. Mm I am, I would love for you to talk a little bit about, um, maybe what you see as far as like how do kids, how kids naturally start with that positive body esteem. Like they naturally start from a place of trust. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think most of us have heard of self-esteem and body esteem is another great word um, that we are going to kind of focus on and unpack. Um, But body esteem is essentially um, is trusting the cues of your body and and having faith in that and not what and not uh, relying on external shoulds. Um, so for example, and this is also from the book, Real Kids Come in All Sizes, they talk about this more in depth, but they talk about newborns and toddlers, how they don't need outside cues to tell them what they feel. I mean, you know, babies will will cry morning or night um, for milk because they are hungry and no one has to tell them, hey, you should be eating right now. Um, and they are confident about it. Um, they don't express doubt. And for me, that's like, oh, wow, I, I often feel like my, um, my needs are a problem and my needs are a burden. And I, and I live that out with God too, in my relationship with him. And so like, you know, but you know, having this childlike faith is to, is to just naturally, um, express those needs. And, um, the most like notable aspect of positive body esteem is that, um, whether or not the outside roles agree, agrees with us, we are the only ones who, who live in our body and have that experience, um, and maintaining integrity. We know what we need, even when the circumstances do not support us. So I can think of a simple and like pretty tame example that, that I'm sure a lot of y'all, um, have either come across or shared too, but the clean plate club being a staple when I was little and that being celebrated and what is rewarded gets reinforced. So, and now I'm thinking about that too, of like how, what am I rewarding? Um, what am I celebrating in my kids? Because that's what is going to be reinforced because, you know, and we're, we're joyful, healthier. And so we, we, um, naturally as human beings work for the reward and, and, um, and for the Lord, it's like the reward of seeking him, the word of being in his presence. And so that clean plate club was like, okay, if I, if I eat all my food, then, I have succeeded in, um, 
and I guess pleasing my parents when it came to like feeding, feeding myself. And so, but then, I mean, I carried that habit on, you know, as an adult and really like didn't learn to rely on hunger and fullness cues. I didn't, no, I didn't pay attention to that at all. And it really, (laughs) it really became, um, I didn't thankfully develop an eating disorder, but it did become pretty disordered because I didn't know when I was satisfied. I didn't know what that felt like. And so, um, but kids naturally have those cues. And so being able to cultivate those in our kids and to be able to see, like to express trust in them, like, Hey, I trust you to listen to your body because your body knows what you need. And so, um, being able to give them those tools, we'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, and also being able to see my, you know, babies too, like any, um, any new baby that comes along for the gift that I give them. It's usually a book with mirrors in it because my kids always, that was like the thing that they were most fascinated with. And you can tell whether, um, a baby is interested in something by the amount of time that they are focused and looking at something for one period of time. And it's usually the mirror. It's usually looking at their own reflection. It's like, wow, this is fascinating. And it's like, Oh, I, I don't want to lose that. Like I want to see our reflection in the mirror as adults too, to be like fascinating, like, wow, in awe, you know, in wonder and not in a vain way, but in like a, this, this is really amazing. God, the way that you, (laughs) the way that you created us. And, and also to see that, like we are designed to focus on human faces. Like we are designed for relationship and, and the vanity part of body image is like, how do I look? But it's like, that's not what our eyes are for. (laughs) Like our eyes are supposed to look outward and see others and be in relationship with others and see their faces, you know? And so, and I think that's just such a beautiful picture of our relationship with God too. And if we can, um, continue to nurture that in our children and, and have our kids teach us these things again too. It's like, man, my kids teach me so many things that I have forgotten or that I have unlearned. Um, and so, so yeah, I think that like we are most beautifully built in with like these natural body cues and, um, and the, all of our own reflection. Um, and so also thinking about this too, of like, and Aubrey, you can also add on to this, but we can move into some of the practical things. Um, and honestly, like, I don't want to share practical things that I haven't done and can share about. Um, but you know, the practice really is just like a natural part of our day. And I can think about Deuteronomy six verses six through seven of like teaching our kids like proactively versus protectively, um, in, and the scripture says this, and these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. So, you know, um, so they shall be on our own heart and then you shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down and when you rise. So just kind of like naturally folding into your, into your day, um, be able to be in constant communication with God ourselves in prayer and to be able to like see those opportunities and those moments throughout the day, um, to be able to, to be able to appreciate our bodies in a God honoring way. Um, so Aubrey, is there anything that you would like to add on to that? And if not, then what are some other of those practical ways that we can do that throughout our day? 
Yeah. And I think it's before we even go into um, like specific practical ways, I think the most important thing that we can do, and we hear this all the time as parents is to um, work on, or I'd rather say like surrender our own relationship with food in our body to the Lord Mm. um, and pray through that because again, kids are often taught by what is what they see and what they, um, how we're living out things, not maybe not when we're like intentionally teaching them, but when we're just teaching them by our life, um, and trusting the Lord, you know, to work on their hearts, um, trusting him to work Mm -hmm. on our hearts and trusting him to work on their hearts when we don't see the like fruit immediately. Like we might be concerned with some behaviors we see our kids have, or some comments they make about themselves or their bodies. Um, and we think like, why isn't this working faster? Mm -hmm. Um, but just, just continue to surrender in your, in your own life to the Lord and, um, and pray for them and it will produce fruit. (laughs) That's Mm -hmm. just my encouragement. Um, but I would say the first thing that comes to mind, and I think again, that this is from like the gifts that I was given as a child that helped me have like a good body esteem um, throughout most of my childhood. And that is like giving our kids a chance to try and accomplish things (laughs) with their bodies. Mm -hmm. And that's so broad because we use our bodies to do all the things, right? Um, This doesn't have to mean sports. It can definitely be sports. Like I said, we're not there yet with our kids, but I know growing up, like being able to work hard at a sport and sometimes I wanted to quit and my parents made me stay in it. And, um, you know, that's up to you, (laughs) but that really, I saw, I saw how I cared for my body and I trained it and I worked hard, um, that there would be a reward, you know, for me. And that, um, also my body was just like, cool. I was excited by the things I could do. Like, Oh, I can go faster. Like I can swim two seconds faster, you know, Mm -hmm. at this meet. And like, I was just, you know, I had that sense of accomplishment, but I think other things like if your kid loves to do, um, we call them handicrafts in the homeschool world, but it's basically like, you know, woodworking or knitting or any sort of arts or drawing, even that is a way that they're using their body to accomplish something and they're just building their self-esteem, but also their body esteem, mm-hmm. um, you know, musical instruments. And here's a really practical one that will help you as a parent. When Casey was talking about like kids repeat what is rewarded, I was thinking about chores and how we started this um, chore chart with my oldest son and he's responsible for like marking it off and um, he gets an allowance like for the first time and we've been doing it now for like two months, which is so much more than we've ever done anything before. So <laughs> just, you know, tap on my, pat on my, right. But he's like so excited to get up. We've told him like, we're so proud of you. You're being so responsible. And he's so excited to like get up in the morning and mark all his chores off right away and get his $10 at the end of the week. And put it, you know, what is he going to get with it? Um, so just some of these things that we practice, whether it's a sport or an art or a musical instrument, like they're rewarding on their own. They, Mm -hmm. we don't really even have to do anything. Uh, they're going to receive natural awards or rewards just by accomplishing something. Sometimes we just got to like, let those things happen. Mm -hmm. I know as like, 
I can be a helicopter mom. And I like really got to like back up and just let my kids make things and do things. Uh, But that can be a really, um, I guess, practical way to improve their body image and their self-esteem as a whole. Mm -hmm. What's, um, what's some other ones, Casey, that you would list? Yeah. Um, and I really like this. I have a little board book. I have a few books that we can reference as well. Um, in addition to that, the real kids come in all sizes is mostly for like an adult read to kind of be more informed about what is body steam? How do we encourage that? Um, those natural cues and that trust in their body and their confidence in their body size as far as like, okay, like, are we eating, um, are we eating normally? Like, are we eating, are we listening to our body when it comes to eating? And, um, and then are we, are we moving? And so, and then you can be confident that your body's at the right size, you know, like, so being able to, to focus on those, um, on those doing, and then like, things will fall into place. Um, but there are a few little resources. There's a book called Psalms of Praise, a movement primer, and it's, <laughs> it's a board book, but it just has like some verses with various postures and poses, um, of little kids. Like, like for example, um, there is a word on one page that says kneel and it has, Um, a child kneeling and it says, Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker. So being able to communicate that all movement, um, is just like a way to worship God. And as is everything that we do in our bodies and relating that to Romans 12, one of therefore brothers, by the mercies of God, I urge you to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual worship. Um, and you know, and it has like Psalm 139, I praise you for I'm fearfully made and, and, um, stand in awe of him. So like being able to point out these words of movement, even in scripture, as you, as you do it. And, and also that really helps us memorize too. Like when we're, when I'm memorizing scripture with kids, I always use movement because like our body tells the story and we remember stories well. And, um, and we can build in that muscle memory and it, um, helps with our, our mind memory as well. And to be able to associate those two of like, Oh, movement as praise. And I enjoy this. And, um, it's just like a natural expression. Like your body is like, or movement is your body's outreach ministry. Like you're, you're, we're made to reach out and enjoy the world, um, around us. And so even just like reading some small books like that, um, at night and being able to talk about that, like, you know, being able to go on walks together. Um, my little one, even, I think this is maybe when she was three, but you know, anytime we walk up a hill, it's like, this is too hard. I'm like, okay, well this hill is making our legs stronger and like, we're going to do it together and making sure that you go at their pace is really important too, to be able to like, uh, to be able to communicate trust in their body of like, I am going to, yeah, just listen to your body. Let's just go, go at the pace that you can. You can just go as slow as you want. And we're going to take it one step at a time. And I'm going to be with you the whole way. Um, instead of like 
rushing and pushing kids and, and even pushing them into those sports at an early age. We can talk about that in another episode, but that can also um, be detrimental as as well as of like specializing in something really early on instead of letting kids just explore and move and, and see what they enjoy um, and go from there. Um, and so that that's what I would say about the movement portion for now. Um, but we also have a lot of, um, talk about eating and, and like emotional regulation and all that as well. Would you like to talk about some of the resources that we are including in our body blessings course, as far as like how we can teach, um, some of these hunger and fullness things to kids, like as we sit at the dinner table, for example. Sure. Yeah. Um, we have, so we have in our body and blessings course, we have the intuitive health tracking pages to just really help people get used to being aware of their body's cues for eating and movement um, and other health needs. And so one of those that I speak to is our hunger and our fullness levels um, and just getting aware of what those sensations are. So we provide a scale um, with different descriptors for adults to kind of rate their hunger and fullness on a scale of one to 10. And for kids, sometimes that um, process can be made easier. We have, we just make it a little more general. So instead of like going as deep as one to 10, we're going to be like, okay, we're in this like really hungry um, phase where we're ravenous and we're tired. And like, we might have a face. I know we had um, Tracy um, Brown, she's a dietitian. We've had her on the show before. She provided us with a really cool resource that she made for children um, that shows this hunger and fullness like circle. Mm -hmm. um, and it shows like faces of, of the kids like feeling ravenous and hungry and, you know, starving. And then um, it'll show like the next level is like, oh, I'm starting to feel hungry. And um, and just ready for food. And the next level is like, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm starting to be satisfied and content. And so it like shows faces of kids. And then the next level is I am like fully satisfied. I'm feeling full. I'm ready to, I'm energized and ready to go. And then the last level is like, I feel sick. I'm like overly stuffed or full. So instead of doing like the numbers, it's kind of got these, I think, um, five different like pictures of graphics of children for them to look at um and that can be really helpful when we're at the table with our children or feeding them a snack or we're feeding them um a meal we always can refer to ellen satter's division of responsibility and that is that the parent's responsibility is to choose what foods to offer. So if we are concerned about a health um, a health need of our children, or we are, you know, trying to like encourage them to eat more nutritious foods, that's okay. That's what we're going to offer. And we're also going to offer foods that they like and enjoy alongside those, alongside those foods, hopefully in a non-pressure, um, like relaxed environment. Mm -hmm. uh, and then we're also responsible for when we offer them. So what we offer, where we offer it. So where we eat in our house, we got a new couch. And so I've been super adamant. It's really easy for me to be like, eat at the table because <laughs> I don't want the couch covered in chocolate <laughs> or mm -hmm. anything else. Um, or, and then the third one is, um, so what we eat, what we offer, where we eat and 
how often we eat. So like what the times are that we offer. So, and that's going to be individual for your family. Mm -hmm. Um, Not everyone is around to offer, you know, three snacks a day. Your kids might be at daycare or at school and um, you might, or, you know, you might just notice that they don't like to eat that often, or you have a child who does like to eat all the time. Mm -hmm. um, And so you do some more frequent snacks for them. And then our kids are responsible for, um, what they choose to eat from that plate, like so whether they eat um, and then how much they eat. So they may not want to eat any of the healthy things, quote healthy, nutritious things that you like painstakingly made for them at first or <laughs> maybe the 10th time, um, which I do have a fun positive story about that after this, but but we, our job is to like control our own emotions around that, which is, mm. can be easier said than done mm-hmm. and our own fears, right. To work through those fears and let them eat, you know, what's on their plate. And then I think the part that gets that some people are like, I'm just uncomfortable doing this. I'm uncomfortable saying no to food for my children. And again, this is totally up to you. We're not like being prescriptive. You got to do what God leads you to do as a parent. But, you know, part of that is, okay, then after they leave the table, then the next time to eat isn't until, like, you've determined it to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is how we sort of, like, get them in this rhythm. But knowing that you're always offering something safe to them at the um, and safe being, like, you're offering food that you know they will eat um, with their meal of maybe some new food. So... <laughs> Really quick positive story I was cracking up because my husband loves soup and I have started to love it too, just because I cook it for him all the time. It's also very easy. Like (laughs) once you like make soup, you're like, oh man, I can whip up a soup with whatever is in my pantry and Mm -hmm. make it taste okay, like pretty decent on a like, and my kids at first, I feel like soup might be one of those things that's hard for children to like at first because of Mm -hmm. like the texture maybe, and it's mixed. Um, I didn't like soup until I was a full-blown adult for sure. Yeah. Well, (laughs) my kids like finally, I mean, we wouldn't serve it every night, but we would always serve it. We'd try to like drain off the liquid a little bit for them. So it was, Mm. you know, for the one child that really cared. And then we always serve something else with it, right. That they like. Um, but I was just, yeah, always, always Mm -hmm. bread. Um, and the other night I was laughing because I'm like, no one complained. Like we just, ha- I didn't even realize, like we had soup. No one complained. Mm. They all actually ate. And I was like, wow, like this. Praise <laughs> God. It's been many, many times, <laughs> right? This is not like the third time I served them soup. It's like the 500th time, <laughs> but they just, they ate it. You're um, telling me there's and, a chance. Right. Uh, but that's all. That's all in the division of responsibility by Ellen Satter, if you want to look more into that. And the reason we talk about that in this conversation is, again, we want to show that we trust our kids' instincts and Mm -hmm. that we trust their bodies when it comes to them choosing food. Um, And so that just, again, that inspires better body esteem, better body Mm -hmm. image, because they're like, oh, I... Mom and dad trust me to decide what to eat and how much I want to eat. Um, and I can trust my body too. Um, yeah. You know, and, and the other piece of that is is our language around food, which is another big area that you just, 
you know, I have to pray about and ask the Lord to um, keep a guard on our tongue. I think sometimes about how we speak about food, whether it's good or bad or junk or, you know, because our emotions can really flare up with when we're dealing with our kids because we want the best for them. And so yeah. some of these beliefs really come out <laughs> when you're trying to feed your children. You're like, oh, I didn't realize that I still held that belief or that struggle with this food. Um, okay. I know I spent all that time talking about food. I really want to talk about the emotional, like how to walk with kids through their emotions um, and how emotional regulation and all that, how that's going to improve their body image long-term. But Casey, can you kind of walk us through how you do that with your kids? Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, we need to have a whole episode about kids and eating. I have so many things that to share that I'm also working through. Um, but the emotional regulation part, I am intentionally working on it. I actually did this last night and I'm realizing that I cannot teach my kids emotional regulation in the middle of the storm. <laughs> like, you know, you have to mend your nets when the skies are sunny. And so last night, and I also, um, we have this whole body blessing prayer in our course too, that you can speak over yourself that you kind of like pray from toes to nose. Um, and so I'll do like various exercises with my kids at random times, but I'm now I'm like, I think nighttime is truly the best time to, to do this because it helps them relax. It's just like a sweet time to be together. And so last night, um, my oldest, I was like, Hey, I was like, okay, let's do some deep breathing. And like, we, we pray. And I really also tried to intentionally like, okay, let's use our bodies to stay focused and to, and to show God that we want to be with him and to pay attention. And oftentimes I'm like, you have to put your hands and pray your hands. <laughs> like you have to put your hands together because it helps me too of like, cause they're like playing with a million things. And so being able to like use our body to like have a singular focus and attention and um, devotion to God is really helpful. Like, okay, we're going to put our hands in prayer hands, not because we have to, but it helps us be with God. <laughs> um, cause you're not playing with other things or like we are on our knees and that's, um, and that's just like a way that we can posture ourselves before the Lord and humility and kind of talk about that. And, but last night I just, um, I had them, I put my, my hand like right below their belly button. Well, I did this with my oldest first and I was like, okay, I was like, breathe in. And then exhale, I was like, try and send your breath all the way to my hand at the bottom. And I was like, just breathe in naturally. And then we're going to make our breath a little bit longer when you breathe out. Just exhale for four, three, two. And then my littlest, she was like busy playing. And then she goes, I want to do it. Me too. Me too. And I'm not kidding y'all. We shared these stories because they are victories, but that is not often the case. <laughs> Um, but she like runs in the bed and she's like me too. And so I like put her little hand over her heart and then I put my hand over like right below her belly button. And so, and so I said, okay, just breathe into my hand. And she's like, <sighs> like taking these like short, deep breaths. I'm like, okay, let's, you know, let's count for, okay. I need to lower my expectations. Let's count for three, two. Okay. Let's just count for two. And <laughs> so like the smaller they are, you know, the less time you have to help them with some of that regulation. 
but also, you know, um, being able to train their body when they are calm, um, helps to helps that like in their brain to make it a quick like neuropathway to access whenever they are in a panic situation. And so they can use that as a healthy coping skill to be able to, okay, when I feel my body, like when you feel your heart racing or when you feel your stomach start to be really upset, when you feel nervous, like here is a good way to help calm your body. And we can practice this at night together. Um, and so that's like just a sweet time we can do, um, with the, the emotional regulation part. And then the morning, um, that's like, okay, instead of, okay, gotta get ready quick, 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 go, go, go. Like bringing in that stress response instead of starting out with that. Um, and I've tried this a few times. Well, I didn't really love it, but bring the armor of God over her. Um, of like, okay, we're going to get dressed. We're going to put on your helmet of salvation. We're going to put on your breastplate of righteousness. And and she was memorizing this verse at school too. So it was applicable, but she didn't love that. Um, so, you know, just try different things as a parent, but just, um, to be able to pray over them in the morning and evening is just so sweet. Um, and to be able to have just like that, um, hands-on care, like when they're getting ready of, you know, if you're brushing their hair or helping them step into their clothes, just being able to see that as a sweet time of communion and, um, nourishing and caring for them. And also you can reflect on yourself too, like how um, does the Lord want to care for me as his child as well? And so, and I like, and there are times in the Bible where, um, was it Isaac had prayed for his sons, like when he was, um, no, Isaac, not is Israel who was praying for his sons when he was on his deathbed and like gave them blessings. And so it's like, we can pray blessings over our kids, you know? And if we choose some of those specific times, like morning, evening, when we lie, when we um, lie down, when we rise up at the dinner table, you know, saying those blessings, um, just really helps us associate that, um, gratitude when it comes to our body and movement and nourishing and caring, um, as God does for us. So, that's all I have right now. I think that we, <laughs> um, we would love to be able to share more with y'all in, in the course as well. Um, and I'm sure we'll have some more podcasts about this as well. Cause it sounds like we have a lot more to talk about when it comes to kids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, this could go super far. Um, we just want to give you guys like some beginning resources for sure to get started. Definitely read the book. Real kids come in all sizes. Um, and we also want you to reach out if you have any questions or concerns. We're here. We would love for you to, of course, take the Body Blessings course because we think, you know, it's just a practice of praising and prayer. And that is something that we can definitely share with our children. Um, and uh, Casey, as we leave, would you share... Um, one verse that you like to pray over your children when it comes to this. I just put you on the spot, but I was thinking, mm. you know, like what's a verse I know we've talked about. Anyways, I'll let you answer. What's one verse that you like to pay, pray over your children or um, speak over them when it comes to body image or self image, mm. um, maybe in that evening or morning time. Yeah. Um, and I, I think we started with this, so I'm going to end with it too. And I haven't honestly seen it as a body image verse, but now it's clear to me that 
when we allow God to shape our perceptions of who he is, then we will see ourselves more clearly as well. And so the Matthew 5, 8 verse, even if our kids don't know it and they don't understand it and we don't know it or understand it, being able to pray it, like as you're, as you're saying, like just keep uh, cultivating that and doing it. And I, you know, the word will never return void. So Matthew 5, 8, blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God. And when we, you know, uh, the, there are other verses about being pure in heart, but I'm just going to leave y'all with that and, um, allow you to go and kind of look up some other verses about, um, what does it mean to be pure in heart? How can we be pure in heart? But just start with that prayer and allow God to open your eyes and, and hands to what he has for you and your kids and that. Um. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and we will leave some of these resources in um, the blog post that we have with all of the details with this episode as well, um, with some other books that you can read for yourself and read with your kids. Um, so let's go to Lord in prayer. Um, if you are in a place where you can, you can put your prayer hands together <laughs> um, and take a deep breath and exhale. Lord, I thank you that we are in a safe place with you. Um, Lord, that as our hands are pressed together um, to become one, God, that you are, um, that we are in a relationship with you and our body is a place where we get to be with you. I pray um, that we would know that and it would overflow um, into our kids' lives as well, that we would um, trust you with them um, and to know that um, you are faithful to complete the good work that you have started. And so it is not us that um, saves them because God, only you you can do that. Um, I pray that you would transform our hearts and our minds um, and our view of who you are so that we can more clearly see ourselves so that we can speak words of life um, over and with our kids, God. And we would, um, whenever we fear or doubt God, that we would be confident and know and trust in you and your good work, that you work all things together for the good of those who love you. Um, so I thank you for each person and if they have kids or, or if they have kids in their life, if they're teachers or if they have, um, nephews or nieces, God, that, um, we would be able to see these kids as your precious ones and to let the little children come to you for to such belongs to the kingdom of heaven um, and to be able to see um, the beauty and the grace that is already planted in them and to be able to cultivate that and learn from that as well. In Jesus name. Amen. Amen. All right, guys, until next time, may you rest in God's grace and follow his joy. Hey, thanks so much for listening. A very special thank you to all our podcast guests, along with Dwayne Goldbeck for podcast editing and Maddox Schuler for writing and recording our podcast music. 